Okay, welcome to the program. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. So now it is your opportunity to save somebody's life. We had a gentleman in his 40s, local restaurant legend, die during the snowstorm shoveling that very, very heavy snow. And heart attacks can hit people in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, obviously in their 50s. 50 to 55 seems to be a real special risk area. But uh, I want to know when you realized you were having your heart attack and uh, what, you know, walk us through what happened to you. Because I did everything wrong. Everything you could do wrong, I did wrong. And I live to tell the tale. But how about you? Maybe you can save a life. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's go to Susan in Williamsville, a lady. And by the way, female and male symptoms can often be different for a heart attack. Susan, what happened to you? Hi. I called in before. <laughs> This actually might not be good for me because I'm nervous and upset. And now my heart's beating really fast. Um, well, I don't, I don't want to hurt you, but um, what, <laughs> what, what you can do is just you and me talking on the phone and just take, take a deep breath in and let it out and a deep breath in and let it out. And we're on a beach right now in Mexico. <laughs> And we are drinking an umbrella drink, and people are going to wonder what we're going to do by the pool. But it's just <laughs> the two of us. You feel totally better okay. now. And what happened? Well, um, it's just bizarre that you are talking about this because it did happen to me. Very surreal. Like you said, everything that you were saying, I was just sitting here working from home and listening and I thought I can't believe this is his subject and everything you're saying just hit home so hard and I am one of those people that was meaning to reach out to you because some of your words were stuck in my head that night five five and a half weeks ago um so I'm 51 and I uh I'm a little too chubby but other than that, I, I don't have any risk factors people would think of. I don't have high cholesterol. I'm not on, I don't have high blood pressure. I'm not diabetic. All the things you might think of, I'm not on any medication, uh, you know, heartburn here and there. But anyway, and uh, I was 100% fine. No, nothing was wrong. I felt great. As a matter of fact, I was about to go walking because I tried to go walking a couple of times a week and tried to live a healthy life. I don't drink. I don't smoke, blah, 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 all the things. And uh, I had just picked up my child from us uh, lacrosse practice, and I was up in my room, and he, my son was in the shower, and my husband was traveling for work at the time and I was just tidying up the bedroom I had my workout clothes on I was about to go for a walk and I I was just about to turn and say I'm, I'm gonna go walking and it 
for me, was like a classic movie heart attack. I have said it felt like someone threw a pitchfork at my chest from across the room and impaled me with it. And I froze. I won't swear, but I, in my mind, said, what the F is this? Um, And you're so right. You're in such incredible denial. I thought, what? What is this? And I couldn't move. I was frozen with fear and pain. But then very quickly, it moved up my neck. That pain moved into my jaw. Mm. My tongue hurt so bad. And then within like less than a minute, it started flowing down both of my arms. And I said to myself, am I having an effing heart attack? No, no, I can't. This isn't, but it was. And to make a painfully long story as short as possible, I got myself downstairs. My first thought was I'm going to take myself to the hospital just to be on the safe side. (laughs) Um, And then I very quickly realized I was incapable of driving. My son is a fairly new driver. And as soon as I heard the shower turn off, I managed to yell to him and say, you have to get me to the hospital because I didn't want to feel stupid calling an ambulance and to have them get here and then for me to be fine and have wasted, you know, their valuable time. This was at about nine. Well, or the way ambulance companies are wasting about $8,000 of your hard earned money for a two mile ride. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, he, you know, jumped, my poor child jumped into action and was going to take me in, and a combination of things happened. I was leaning on the kitchen counter because I couldn't stand straight. I was in my chest hurt so bad and my arms and everything else. And I thought to myself, this isn't safe for him. He's not a, a good enough driver yet. And he's going to be trying to speed. This isn't safe. And then something not whispered in my, my ear, but my gut said, you're in really big trouble. You better call 911. And I did. I couldn't finish the call. My son had to take over. And about 10 minutes later, I died on my kitchen floor. <sighs> um, my heart stopped. I stopped breathing. Flatlined, if you will. Um, sorry. Thank God I had called 911. Because the paramedics were already at my house. Oh, absolutely. Thank God I live where I live. Thank God I was where I was. If anything had been different, you and I would not be talking right now. Because they were already in my house. They already had me hooked up to EKG leads. And when my heart stopped, um, they immediately started CPR. And defibrillated me. And then did more CPR. And I came back. That's a bizarre feeling. I, I can't even begin to uh, imagine. Can you uh, 
I know. See, I know that this is difficult to talk about, Susan. And one of the things that people don't understand about heart attacks is there's a reason when somebody is sad, we say they have a broken heart because heart attacks, in addition to having a very serious physical component, sometimes electrical, sometimes plumbing, sometimes both, um, have an extremely um, vivid uh, and strong impact on your emotion. And this just happened five weeks ago. What was it like when you came back? Was it like, have you ever passed out before? No. Okay, so you'd have no basis of comparison, but um, it, it when you pass out and you come back too, it's a very surreal. What the hell? Where where am I? Who am I? What am I? It's that it's that kind of a feeling. Is that what you had? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll get into it if you want me to. But um, I did go somewhere when I was down. Can can you describe can you describe where you were where you went or what it was like? Yeah, uh it was amazing <laughs> and absolutely beautiful and it so sounds so cliche because of the stories that maybe people have read about what happens. Um and it was this incredibly warm, precious joyful, glowing light. And I was in a really, really beautiful place. And there were tons of people there. I couldn't tell you who was there. I just knew that I knew everybody. And um, I was super happy. And I kept looking around and going, this is so beautiful. Who put all this together? I'm having such a great time. And Tom, I swear on my soul, if you ever watch like a video of somebody bungee jumping and when they, you know, when they snap back, when they get to the bottom of the rope and they're pulled up really quickly back toward the bridge or wherever they jumped off of, it was honestly like someone, something had that type of thing tied around my trunk of my body and pulled me backwards out of there at a billion miles a second. Susan, this... Um, and I was back on my kitchen floor. You know, you... Ho- I Susan, I, I, need, I need you to hold on. Um, I've been doing this a long time, and this is one of the most compelling phone calls I have ever taken from anybody on any topic. You wow. are... You are putting into words. The story you're telling is amazing. There are lessons to be learned from it. I have a lot more uh, I want to ask you. You're doing a a great job. So just sit back. Just take some deep breaths. And, folks, I'm sitting here transfixed by what she's describing. Um, Started off the show talking about cancer and then switched over to heart attacks because I will tell you that the most rewarding emails that I've received in my life have been from people who believe that I've saved their lives. And Susan is calling from Williamsville. She's 51 years old. She had just picked her son up from lacrosse practice, was getting ready to take a walk, had her uh, uh, walking clothes on, 
and then suddenly felt like a pitchfork had been hurled at her from across the room, made her way downstairs, had the presence of mind to have her son, who, thank God, was there, um, call 911, and she could not complete the call to 911 because at that point she was in the process of, um, of dying. And when we left her, she was talking about uh, being defibrillated by the EMTs uh, who responded just in the nick of time and being in a beautiful place with thousands of people that she knows or, or knew, even though she could not identify by, by name, uh, but she just felt totally at home there. And then when her heart kicked back in after it was defibrillated, um, being having a feeling like she was pulled from that place back onto her kitchen floor. You want to pick up the story from there? Uh, yes. The, the break was timely because I got myself together. It's all good. Um, so just like you said, when you pass out or whatever, you come back. I was very confused. I felt like I had been gone quite a while. Um, and I... I remember I said to the paramedics, am I, am I on my kitchen floor? But it was really hard to talk. Um, someone joked with me later, well, you were like a computer being rebooted. <laughs> I got turned off and turned back on again. Um, it was very difficult to speak. I, I know you've had surgery, if anyone else has, when they give you Dilaudid, like right before you go in and you feel like you've had a weight too much to drink that's what i felt like and i i did ask them did you did you give me something like i thought they put something in an IV. i don't know and they said no we didn't give you anything and they said something along the lines of um you took a little trip but we got you back wow um that, that that's amazing do you happen to know how many joules of electricity they used i don't Sorry, that's kind of a stupid question. So I presume they transported you to the hospital. May I ask which hospital they transported you to? Gates. Yeah. They said it was the only place to go. Absolutely. They did you a solid there. And I mean, in your location in Williamsville, Gates, Mercy also is uh, is is very, very good. Um, yeah. So when you when it, it, at that point on the drive in the ambulance to the hospital, um, did it finally settle in as reality it, it wasn't like am i having a, a, an effing heart attack but i am having a heart attack well um it was it was like being in a movie or on a tv show because they did have the sirens i, I was in an ambulance with the sirens on and every time you know prior to this when i see that i say a quick prayer and I say boy someone's not having a great night I hope they're gonna be okay but this time I was in there and um the sirens were on the whole time there was a young lady <laughs> maybe it shows that I am 51 but they looked like kids to me I'm, I kept I was thinking to myself these kids are saving my life right now there was a young lady and then there was, I would say, he was the lead paramedic. He seemed to be in charge, if you will, uh, behind my head. And they were in constant contact with the hospital. Right. I'm not 
completely aware of what they were saying, but at one point I did feel like I was going to pass out, and he reached over my shoulder, and he grabbed me, I think, uh, hard on purpose and kept calling my name and said, you need to pay attention to me. Are you looking at me? And I was like, yes. And he said, I need you to open your eyes and look at me. And I remember thinking, God, okay. Oh, they, they knew what they were doing, man. You 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 got some great people um, help, helping you out. And I, did they take you immediately to cardiac ICU? Yes, Tom. Within, I mean, because I live in Buffalo, I'm alive. Because from the moment they took me from my house, to the minute I was in the cardiac cath lab, it felt like five minutes. They practically ran down that hallway with me. Susan, and, uh, um, Susan, I, I don't often keep one caller on for so long, but I, I don't know whether, frankly, your your voice and your emotion and the way in which you're telling the story in a linear fashion and yet with great and necessary emotion is just, it's incredible. Uh, it's also incredibly awesome radio, and it's also incredibly awesome because I think you might be saving some lives out there, if not, if not today, down the line. So I'm going to ask you to hold on because uh, we're, we're talking about your heart attack and when you knew it was happening. This is, quite frankly, one, this, this, this call is, is one of the best calls I've ever had in my career for all of the reasons I, I, I just mentioned. I uh, probably live very close to this lady. All right, welcome. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. Yeah, it's uh, the holiday season, and uh, we started off uh, talking about the Kirstie Alley situation and cancer, and uh, we kind of switched over to your stories of having a heart attack. And so far, I've had one caller on the air because she is one of the best callers I've ever had, uh, like, ever. And her name is Susan. She's in Williamsville. She's 51 years old, had just picked up her son from lacrosse practice, uh, was ready to take a walk, had her walking clothes on, and felt like a pitchfork was hurled at her from across the room. Made her way downstairs. Incredible chest pain. Initiated a call to 911, which she could not complete. Paramedics showed up at the scene. She had flatlined. She had basically died. She was defibrillated. In the ambulance, they kept her awake. They kept her attention. They rushed her into Buffalo General. And um, all of this, although it probably took about mm, at least 20 minutes from uh, we the time we started uh, that little narrative until the time we're at Buffalo General, seemed to her as if it was about five minutes long. And what do you remember next, Susan? I remember being in the cath lab, and uh, there was an amazing nurse there. I'm trying to find out who all these people are to somehow thank them and she was wonderful, and she just kept holding my hand and really close, like her noses were practically touching, looking at me and saying, you're not going anywhere tonight. Do you hear me? 
I'm a B-I-T-C-H, and I don't let anybody go, and you're not going anywhere. You're staying. She just kept saying that. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. And uh, it could better otherwise. They cut my clothes off, and um, I didn't think that they gave me anything, but they must have. And then I was in the cath lab, and uh, multiple people were there. I don't know how long I was in there, but um, they did place a stent. I too am a member of the Widowmaker Club. Um, uh, and they placed a single stent in my LAD. Um, and then I spent several days in the CICU and then a couple in the step down and I'm home. Uh, they have since changed my diagnosis to something called SCAD, which is spontaneous coronary artery dissection. Um, if we all remember the wonderful John Ritter, he yes. passed from SCAD. Um, luckily, mine was evidently smaller than his, and they were able to patch it with the stent. But I, I guess the SCAD, the rip in the artery, my body tried to patch it, which caused a blood clot, and the blood clot completely blocked the artery, and I had a heart attack. Oh, my dear. Uh, th does that explain the pitchfork feeling uh, you, you, you felt, the uh, tear in the artery? I don't know. I, I didn't ask for sure, but I can tell you about three weeks before that, right before going to bed, I, I now know what I felt was a warning shot. It was a mini dose of what I felt that night. And it did stop me in my tracks. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Did, did but, you feel, um, did, did you feel particularly during, in the weeks leading up to your almost fatal heart attack, that something wasn't right with you, that something, something like an anvil was hanging over your head, but you didn't know what it was? Yes. It must be common. Cause again, I told you when I was listening, it was just so compelled to call, um, I was oddly obsessed with death, <laughs> my own, um, my boss, my yes. friend's boss, and I have a joke that whoever dies first, we're going to go eat pancakes on their grave. And I had just said to him the day before, you know, if I die first, you better go eat pancakes on my grave because that would just be so funny. You know, you see, you know I, I have a theory that I can't prove that, your subconscious knew that your body was in trouble. Your heart, your arteries were sending messages to your brain almost like, get this woman to the hospital, get her to wake up and get to the hospital. When when you were leaving home, um, I'm curious as to whether or not you had the thought, am I ever going to be home again? Yes. I did. That is one of the most sobering thoughts ever when that when that happens. When like th that's when sh stuff gets real. Yeah, I just kept reaching out to my child and saying, "I love you." The your son was in the ambulance with you? No, they wouldn't let him come in, but as they were carrying me out, I was, you know, I wanted that was in my mind. He needs that to hear that again. How uh, are, are you doing um, any cardiac rehab? I just started yesterday. Sisters? Uh, 
Sterling. It's called Sterling Heart Care or Sterling yeah. Cardiac Care. I usually, I usually don't ask for names, but uh, I'm just very curious about the state of cardiac uh, rehab. So um, emotionally, uh, we obviously can all hear in your voice what a traumatic experience this is. Did they talk with you? about what you're likely to experience for months and possibly even years? Um, a little bit in the hospital, but I guess that's part of what rehab is going to be. But, you know, when you were saying, I don't know why I'm here, it's a miracle I'm here, it does mess with your head because so many doctors and nurses said the work repeated the phrase, you're a walking miracle. You you should this is a fatal event i can't and then they did say you know this the one nurse said people who occasionally do survive they are very brain damaged or their hearts are very damaged and i don't know why but i'm not my heart is not damaged little teeny tiny bit my brain could better otherwise is is intact i am essentially at that level unscathed of course listening to listening to my show that might be in some question at least your sense of discernment and good judgment um this uh this call has been absolutely remarkable susan you started off so with such trepidation and, and so hesitantly but you pulled it together and you constructed a narrative that you should really go back and listen to this at wben.com transcribe everything you said and submit it as an article to some online site because there oh. is so much what are you laughing about have you already done that no no i just hadn't no because hadn't it thought about that it what what you said was just enormously powerful and i want you susan to tell the people listening to this program what you think they should learn from the experience you had. And one of the things that I would like to emphasize, if you suddenly are without any good reason obsessed with mortality and thoughts of your own death and that something is not right, to me, these are premonitory signs. They don't happen to everybody. They happen to you. I agree with you. Um, so thank you for even taking this call because it's been pressing in my mind. I have to tell people not uh, this message. So this is what I would love everyone to hear. And maybe particularly women because we tend to take care of others first, sexist or not. Um, the message is the paramedics don't care if they come to your house and you're okay. If you even think anywhere in your heart, mind, or soul, I might be having a heart attack. Ignore the thing that's telling you that it's not happening. Just call 911. Do it. Because if I hesitate, if I drove myself, if I had my son drive me, if, if I didn't call and they weren't here, and then got me immediately to a cardiac center, I would be dead. Don't die from embarrassment. Uh, that's uh, very powerfully and, and well said. Um, Susan, you have just presented 
one of the most incredible dissertations of what it is like to experience a heart attack that I have ever heard in my entire life. And I guarantee you that anybody listening to you speaking um, who has also experienced a heart attack was nodding right um, right along with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you're alive, Tom. I'm so glad I'm alive. It does carry a feeling of why was I spared? Um, super quick. I know I, I did something nice for someone recently, uh, unexpected. Somebody needed some help, whatever. And my son, we got back in the car, and my son said to me, Mom, I hope that wasn't just your purpose that you fulfilled, because now you're going to drop dead tonight. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, Susan, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to thank you, how to begin to thank you um, for this phone call. You, you know, you doing this for a living, you, you, you hope that you get – I mean, it, it's always great to see a whole bunch of lines blowing out of a phone. That's always great. But to get a call that is this linear, that is this eloquent, that is this sincere and heartfelt without being breakdown emotional, um, it doesn't happen every day, and it doesn't happen every decade. It's a maybe a few times in a career do you take a call like this, and I wow. think that you saved. I, I I think that down the road, I'm probably going to get emails from people saying, "Would you please tell Susan she saved my life?" That's one of the best. Oh no, I, I I'm not making it up, and I, I guarantee yeah. you that any physician listening is saying, "Amen." That was absolutely brilliant. But please go back, transcribe it, and and put it online, and have people share it because. That was that was just amazing. Thank you so Thank much, you. and you take okay. you take care of yourself. And just remember something: the uh, the emotional thing that can yeah. uh, that can pop up for years afterwards. Okay. You know, it, it, it's one of those things. But thank you very much, Susan. I am honored to have talked to you. Likewise, Tom. Thank you. Um, I, I I'm left speechless by that phone call that was josh it's yeah I, josh is in the next room he's texting people about that phone call we need to maybe isolate that and put that up on facebook if you can i, I already i already planned on doing that yeah, yeah you're that, okay this is that was incredible i i have never anybody who's had a heart attack if if you did not tear up during what she was saying, because you've been there, you might want to check your pulse again. The amazing thing about Susan's phone call, she's not a trained broadcaster. I'm presuming she's not a trained storyteller or narrator, but she was the Sir Lawrence Olivier of phone callers talking about her heart attack. And the reason for this show is it might save your life Someday. She never thought it was going to happen to her. It happened to her, and she survived. Let's go to Guy in Youngstown on WBEN. Hey, Guy. Hey, how you doing? Uh, pretty thunderstruck right now. And uh, what happened yeah. to you, sir? Well, my story started back in 1990. I had a, I had bypass surgery, five of them. 
no heart attack at all. Then the 2005, getting ready to go fishing with my boys, and I sit down at the kitchen table and I said, you better call 911 because I'm having a heart attack. How did you know? I knew it. How, How did you know? Well, it was just shortness of breath and somebody sitting on my chest and not moving. Uh, I just didn't want to take the chance. Being a heart patient, you don't take chances. Yeah, I guess the having the bypass operation before then, you were a little bit more sensitive than a lot of people um, might have been because a lot of people might have fought through it. They might have thought, eh, I'm just tired. Maybe I had a bad chicken wing down the line, whatever. And you always feel that way, but I, I, just, had, I just knew something was up. So, you know, you go to the heart attack, I mean, you go to the hospital, they put a stent in, I go home. 2014, he just happened to be on vacation. I see another guy in the pool, and he, he's got a zipper. I says, hey, you're the zipper club. Welcome. I says, yeah, I had mine 24 years ago. I get home from the vacation a month later. I'm back in the hospital. They're cutting me open again. For I what? Do whatever you have to do. Another bypass? Another bypass. Good Lord, you're going to run out of veins. Uh, well, you know, you know what? Some people aren't aren't lucky enough to get bypass surgery. Yeah, you know, no, you're so, you're correct. I'm just I'm being silly. Where where did they? No, how how many bypasses did you need? The second bypass surgery. Double bypass. They grab them from your arm or your chest. They grab one from my arm, one from my leg. Oh, you still? Oh, the the other side that they didn't harvest before. Correct. Oh, uh, it's thank God you had good veins they could mm-hmm. use for the grafting, right? But going into that surgery, I mean, I'm laying in the laying in the waiting room to go into surgery, you know, I start feeling pain. I think I'm having a heart attack again. But I said, I'm five minutes away from them cutting me open, so I didn't say anything. So, you know, I jump over on the other table, and they said, you sure you're feeling okay? I said, yeah, I'm feeling fine. Next thing I know, you know, I wake up hours later. I I flatlined three times during that surgery. Yeah, if you think you're having a heart attack, before open heart surgery, probably something you want to disclose to the surgeon. <laughs> well, I'm sure you got a mouthful of that. Well, you know, you're at the hospital. What else are you going to do? You know. So how, how are you doing, guy? You, you, your your heart has been through a lot. I mean, how how well, how old a guy are you? I'm uh, I'm 68 right now. And this I this all started bypass. years ago. I had my first bypass at 36. 36. 36 years old no uh, warning no nothing i i passed my my uh, stress test everything dude i look man i i i can relate um it, it it it's something that you know again one one of the messages here one of the underlying messages from from callers is don't blow off your symptoms you got to take those symptoms very seriously and i'm i think to. guy guy would agree with what i'm going to say that your bo- your mind convinces your body that really you're not having a heart attack. You are not having a heart attack at all. No, no, no. Uh, it, it, it's something else. It's indigestion. It's uh, an undigested bit of beef to steal a line from a Christmas Carol. You, you've oh. got to get past that. You got to fight past that mentally and accept the fact that you're having a heart attack. And I'll tell you what made me call was the previous caller when she said. She saw the white light and everybody in the in the in the room, and she knew everybody. But when she woke up, same thing. I see the white light. I see the room. I see every. I knew everybody in that room having a party. 
Really? No. Nobody said nobody said come on in, come on in. I just saw the party. But then when I woke up, I told everybody about it. I couldn't remember anybody in that room. That's super interesting, and that raises the question: Were those just neurons firing off in your brain? Is that a does the um, the, the is there an area of the brain that is triggered to hyperactivity when you are having a heart attack that produces that kind of a sensation of being at a big party where you don't know everybody but you feel like you know everybody? I'm wondering if it has to do with something with flatlining. She flatlined. I flatlined. Oh. Yeah, I, I, you know what, we we will never know. Um, exactly. But exactly, guy, thank thank you very much, and thanks for uh, tell, uh, exactly what I wanted to hear. You guy in your thirties, your thirties, this started, and uh, yeah, I think not everybody is not everybody is as lucky as we are to have a zipper on our chest. So uh, we're the lucky ones. Yeah, but uh, I'm glad you called, Guy. Thank thank okay, you. Thank you very much. First time somebody um, asked if I was in the Zipper Club, I thought I'd wandered into a gay bar and began to get excited. I'd see Jerry and Brett, but no such luck. 4.58 at News Radio 930 WBEN. I don't know. Should we continue this? Should we get into something else? I mean, uh, basically, have we done our public service for the day? Let me uh, Let me ponder that and get back to you on the other side. Today is, uh, I told you, Mystery Meat Tuesday on News Radio 930 WBEN.